0: Hey everybody, thanks for tuning into the Mayfair Theatre Podcast. We have a bit of a special edition this week, as Lee and I are joined by legendary cult filmmaker Lloyd Kaufman, creator of The Toxic Avenger, along with his amazing wife, Patty. We're going to tag on the introduction that he did while he was here for Return to Newcomb High. So if you're ever watching a Lloyd Kaufman movie at home, you could put that on and pretend you're at a big shot movie premiere. So I will quickly give you the listings for Friday, October 4th through Thursday, October 10th before we get underway. Screening with us this week, we have Aquarella, The Ultimate Theatrical Experience, a water-themed documentary, Mentor, a French-Canadian comedy, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino's latest is held over for a second week, and the Ottawa premiere of Pretenders from James Franco, the director of The Disaster Artist. So we will get underway here with our interview with Lloyd and Patty. We'll see you back next week for a more normal-type episode. I'm sure Eric will have stories of his performance as the Toxic Avenger. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon at the Mayfair to watch a bunch of cool movies. Thanks, everybody. He was created out of violence and horror. He exists only to destroy the evil around him. He can't be reasoned with or bargained with, he can't be stopped. So if you've been bad, look out. It's your worst nightmare come true, the Toxic Avenger. If you've been bad, he'll get you good. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without... Starts Friday at theaters everywhere. Hey everybody, welcome to a special super edition of the Mayfair Theater Podcast. This is Josh and Lee's here which is special because that only happens a couple times a year nowadays as well yes, and I'll just let our guests introduce themselves so you can put a I'm not introduced. if you don't
1: know my name buddy <laughs> I know I, name. I'll do the podcast it's fine but the commissioner the commissioner from the great state you're of New York it, is it here yeah you yeah, do okay. you're a commissioner so you can make it official okay. so I'm
2: a commissioner X, retired whatever to my right Everybody, look to my right. Oh, no. Oh, you're, the, uh, you're opposite it, me. It's going to be to, you're going to think it's to my left. Oh, wait. Just As look at the narcissist found. over here. <laughs> the so sad this, old narcissist. So, this is a legendary narcissist director, Lloyd Kaufman. Yay! Oh, I love Oh, thank you. Me. Thank you. Yeah,
1: you have to And uh, that. on my left is the New York State Film Commissioner, appointed by both Republican and Democrats, and the reason that New York now has $4 billion in salary and 10 new studios because uh, Pat Swinney-Kaufman wrote the uh, the legislation for the uh, incentive. So if you make a movie in New York, you get a third of your uh, below-the-line budget back in cash.
2: But, you know, I cannot be Trauma part of didn't this, do terrific, it
1: never did it. this
2: terrific podcast in Canada mm-hmm. without acknowledging that this whole, this amazing phenomena of... Incentives, Film Incentives yeah. was born right here in Ottawa in like 1997.
1: All thanks to Lee De Mars and the Mayfair Theatre <laughs> yeah. 1934.
2: But so yeah. Canada woohoo, Canada gets big credit yeah, Canada, for starting Canada were, this whole movement.
1: Ghostbusters in Toronto, right? The first Ghostbusters. Didn't they film it in Toronto?
2: But that was, bef- that was before the Incentive. I know. I mean, people look, came to Canada Even to without movies, the Incentive. Yes.
1: They I mean there's a lot, circles there's a a lot of
2: the
3: great stuff goes Hollywood on in sucks. <laughs> Lee said that I didn't say it. Can I ask the first question? I wanna, yes. So, oh, he flies. Keep it down,
0: please. It's <laughs> yeah. a family podcast.
3: I want to talk about a rumor. What's famous about you two? Now, Lloyd, you went to the Cannes Film Festival yes. many, many times, and you caused a riot. You have naked girls running up and down the Carlton men, Hotel, men, and, and naked men and running men. up and blood and guts everywhere on the carpets. You know, you made a circus of Cannes, and it was wonderful to, to be there to see. And everyone tried to kick you out of the carlton for years and years and years, but they couldn't because you were married to this fine woman. They knew if they kicked you out, this is a rumor I heard. Pure David and all these guys didn't want, couldn't in the end because they knew if they wanted to make a movie in New York, they had to deal with the most important woman in New York City when it comes to making film production. I've heard that from a few different people.
2: Well, the truth of the matter is by the time that I became the film commissioner, We'd already stopped staying at the call. Well, I guess you still had
3: your office. Yeah, I had But, the it, was, offices. Yeah, but it
2: was a great story.
3: It's a nice urban legend. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah but, however... Uh, the, a total that, urban yeah. legend. But that's, It's, it's
1: uh, kind of bullshit. The, the thing is, though, that uh, we don't go to Cannes anymore. We started in 1971. We slept on the beach. We didn't have money for a hotel. We had the cans with sugar cookies. We had rented the theaters. But wow. since 1971 through two years ago, we would go to Cannes and create a circus and be festival because be festive because it, it's a festival. And we don't have $500,000 for a party the way Warner Brothers does. But our parties were legendary because they came from the heart. They were artists. People yeah. like you, Lee DeMars, you were there. Yes, I was. Yeah, Jesus Christ. And i got to say,
3: your films are inspiring, but... Just as inspiring as the film is how you promote your movies. Yeah. So, Seeing what you do at Cannes and Sundance, it's incredible. It's audacious. Yeah. In, in the
1: same way that Sundance policed us out eventually, <laughs> Cannes has finally policed us out. And if you go to YouTube, if you go to YouTube, I made a little documentary called From Festival to Fascism, the Cannes Film Festival, and you can see what happened. You can see the Cannes guys with the things in their ears, the big guys with the glasses and the suits, telling the, the policemen what to do with our circus, right. wow. with our marchers. Parade. Put them up against the wall with their hands behind their back. I mean, for for being festive. Wow. <laughs> and you'll see them go after me. And it's unfortunate, but the, the red carpet and the perfume and the restaurants are more important than the art, and that's a pity. Tilda Swinton, didn't and she? By the recently? way, I'm not the only one that says this. Alain Tavernier says it. The great French uh, the director, he right. says it. Right, Round midnight. Didn't no, t- around Tilda
3: midnight, Swinton right. recently champion you guys? Yes, yeah, Tilda. She missed the most of fan.
1: Yeah, that's right. She, uh, she, got, she got. She was in the pictures with Kabuki Man that two or three years ago. Yeah. Uh, Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD. And, and uh, this time she complained to Variety or whatever that where where's the festivities where's trauma we want more trauma because it's you know it's a corporate a big corporate thing is uh, ridiculous wow. there's no feeling to it Van Gogh was not part of a Picasso wasn't a big corporation you know. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino's no corporate stooge well well put sir sorry <laughs> no no
0: you just mentioned 1971 has there been a month or a week or a weekend in the past few decades where you're not working you seem like you're always working you seem like
1: well my wife says i'm the, <laughs> yes. i'm the hardest working <laughs> i'm the hardest working man in show business since since uh, james brown is gone uh, <laughs> and there was another there was a big time hollywood guy at can at the Cannes film festival the guy who i think who was who discovered or had a lot to do with quentin's early uh, first uh, reservoir dogs
3: oh lawrence bender
1: no, another guy, can't remember, doesn't matter. But he helped produce The Dark Backward by, uh, oh, uh, yes. by uh, Adam, uh, no, uh, anyway, The Dark Backward's terrific. <laughs> anyway, he said that was the hardest working man in show business. <laughs> but James Brown was still going. Well,
2: I, I'm here as the witness, yes, this is true.
1: But it's fueled by a love of cinema. Right? No, absolutely, I mean, you love what you it's do. It's so much fun to talk to Lee about movies. He's seen everything. And there's so few people. I was just on Joe Dante's podcast. Not as good as yours, for sure. But (laughs) luckily nobody's listening, so I don't have to worry. But Josh Olson, Oscar and Joe do a podcast and had us on and they know so much about it. it's it's called the films that made me yes. it's fascinating it's yes. really good i have we listened to it but uh, it was so nice to be able to mention yeah, that was great. you know Phil Carlson, right you know him he made uh, the film in Tarantino's movie uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the wrecking crew right yes. he directed that yeah. Right. yeah and so i yeah we know all that stuff it's fun yeah. to talk and, well you know,
3: at the end of the credits you were just reading a bunch of names at the end credits of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that people you knew or worked
1: with. Yeah. It's fun standing there just... Oh, I like
2: that. The editor of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah,
1: Fred Raskin was Tromeo and Juliet. That's where he met James Gunn. Wow. And um, Kansas Bowling, a director of Troma's B.C. Butcher, uh, she wrote uh, when she was uh, 15, gave her some money, and she made a really great movie. In fact, she got... The guy who uh, was uh, O.J.'s... Cato. Uh, yeah, Cato Kato, 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 Kato. Kato is, is right. in it. Right, and, uh, but you kept hearing Cato. And,
2: Kato's and uh, the that. star of, uh, <laughs>
1: of Troma's Death by Temptation, Hardeen, uh, Kadeem Hardison, narrates B.C. Butcher. and wow. uh, And Kansas and her sister Parker Love Bowling have a pretty good cameos in the uh, Spawn Ranch there, right? The, yeah. Kansas More got a line. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. They, What's your connection to the Spawn Ranch? Uh,
1: no, connection. no. I, I belong to the Spurned Ranch, uh, <laughs> where people go to be humiliated. That, that's what's called an independent filmmaker. The Trauma Ranch, yes, the but, Spurned but, Ranch. But obviously, Quentin Tarantino's a fan of Trauma. Huge fan. Yeah, he's he's wore our shirts to Cannes more than one year. He kept the one we gave him. He wore it the next year. It's amazing. He's, he's a very, very good guy. Can
2: I just add one additional thought to what we what you spoke of a moment ago yes, about being the hardest working guy and and work and he does work like all week and then he works every weekend. But the stuff he does on weekends is when he's going to festivals and when he's going to screenings like this. And it's because he loves his fans so much. And he wants to be in touch with his fans. And For sure, And have yeah. that contact. So that's Absolutely. a big, it's a, it's big it's part scary. of We so are fan-fueled.
1: That's the only reason Trump is here. We have no money to advertise. Good point. <laughs> you know, fans take care of us. They, in fact, everybody who made the movie we just finished that the commissioner produced with Justin Martel and, and Mr. John Brennan, uh, hashtag Shakespeare shitstorm. Uh, it's totally. Uh, so
2: many of the people on the crew. Are the whole, everybody fans. was a fan.
1: Everyone. Yeah. It's a, it, well, we had the, the special effects people from uh, Godzilla or something do the special effects for Bobkus, really, because they just wanted they to help just and
2: adore trauma. And
1: uh, and kit Split. We got all our equipment through kit Split. You might be interested in this. League. Yeah. Kit is a Airbnb for film equipment. Wow. So if you own a camera and you don't use it, wow. uh, you, jo- you, you join this community. It's free, and then the uh, pat might be uh, the commissioner, other might be making a movie and can rent it. The price is about a third of what it goes for, and they because they have so much volume, they have such scale. Kitsplit gives uh, insurance for pennies.
2: I think that, yeah, That's I think brilliant. one of the most brilliant things about Kitsplit is from the start, they came up with an insurance solution so that you lend out your, you know, your million-dollar light. There's going to be a good insurance policy that comes with being part of Kitsplit so that if, God forbid, something happens, it's covered. Right. So I think that was part yeah, of yeah. Even even of, a guy in Pittsburgh. I
1: just was in a movie in Pittsburgh. The guy built his own damn studio, uh, you know, warehouse with fans, air conditioned. He had sets in there. He did it in West Virginia. Wow. <laughs> a movie called Barn Two. It's going to be very very good. But he's his he can put his studio on Pittsburgh.
2: On yeah. yeah, it's oh, terrific wow.
1: because it's everybody's
3: looking
2: and it's for coast studios. To coast, so it's absolutely
1: terrific. Huh, doesn't sound like Donald Trump's America. <laughs> 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 we got what? What we got the Ari. Alexa, there uh, we got
3: yeah, all sorts it's of stuff. It's Very absolutely good. great. But Lloyd, we want you to promote your new movie, but you can't say shit on our podcast. Oh, oh, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding.
1: A, spread the shit. We're in a <laughs> foreign shit. country. I don't want to, you know,
0: we don't want to be ugly Americans. It was about eight years ago, and I don't expect you two to remember because I'm sure you meet us fans all the time. But it was at the Toronto Comic Con, at Fan Expo. And it was some after party, and I was there with a friend of mine who's a screenwriter, and you two were sitting, talking with some people, and he's super shy. And I was like, I was like, no, I I, I know people who know Lloyd. Let's go say hello. And he was like, no, no, no. And I went up, and I introduced myself. I said it was from the Mayfair. I said I knew Lee. You had to sit down. We chatted for a while. Hey, that's my wife's and, influence. And <laughs> it, actually, it made his geek life, you know. Aww. And,
1: nice? and oh. it's little
0: things like that that... I've been very lucky with meeting people. You know, they always say don't meet your heroes. And whether it be some comic book artist or Clive Barker at a book signing, it's all good stories. I've been very lucky. And I think that's that that nerd community. You know, like we're Mm -hmm. all nerds. We're all fans of film or comics or cartoons. And you don't hear that a lot. You hear horror stories of somebody meeting a baseball player or somebody meeting a rock star. How about the
1: Frodo thing? Oh, I don't know about that. No. Oh, uh, we have a uh, the brother of the governor has is on TV uh, so a news uh, r- reporter, and a guy came over to his table and said, uh, "Hey, hi, Frodo," uh, <laughs> at, at a restaurant, and you know, Frodo, the dumb brother of uh, in the Godfather, uh, because Alfredo. Uh, Fredo. Oh, Fredo. Oh, sorry, sorry, Fredo. <laughs> And, and and the governor's brother went off on him. Just started screaming and cursing. And, uh, oh my God! And, uh, and and the fan was cool as a cucumber and, <laughs>
0: yeah. and just
1: stood at the table. And I'm sorry, I thought your name was Fredo. And then Cuomo stands up and why don't you why don't you why do you fight? You want to fight? I'll blow you on the. And they go, Yeah, okay. The fan said, and it's wonderful. If it's on YouTube, it's it's better than any drama script. You can't write that stuff. Yeah. John Cazale. Right, played yeah, Fredo. Yeah, and, uh, right, right. He only made
3: five films, all masterpieces. Really? Godfather one and two, The Deer Hunter, The Conversation, and uh, Dog Day Afternoon.
2: Wow. Wow. And he wow.
3: was he married. He was in love with Meryl Streep. They had an affair, and uh,
1: and then he um. Right? He yeah. So, wow. So, wow. Made those five, Yeah. Meryl Streep will do that to you. Remember, <laughs> <laughs> you saw that movie where she said uh, the thing with the rock star. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, she's, yes. But. Uh, <laughs> Lionel. Speaking of uh, conversation, Cry Uncle star Alan Garfield ah, yes. has a major, major part of that yes. uh, composer's wow. movie. Thank you, John G. Avilson, uh, with my help, made Cry Uncle in 1970. Troma still distributes it, and it is a great subject for a course in filmmaking. That one film, the way Avilson took a piece of garbage and made it into a hysterical satire of, of, of you know Cry Terror, those right. those film noir. How
3: many times did you make a film with him? Well, I uh, didn't make them. I I, mean, I, I, got, I,
1: I worked on Joe, which the I Joe also I saw in action where he took a piece of garbage and made it into uh, Peter Nelson. Boyle and Susan Sarandon's first movie. And it's yeah. a marvelous film. It is. And Norman Wexler wrote it, and Norman Wexler went on to uh, write Saturday Night Fever, on which I had a, a big uh, job. And uh, Avelson was supposed to direct that. Oh, I didn't know that. And then he had that's in one of my books I don't remember exactly I interviewed uh-huh. him about it and he, wow
2: creative it, differences He didn't. well like it was
1: the, something else it was some other thing
2: well officially it was because person- he didn't like the BG music can you imagine
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well wow. in any event Badham came on John Badham, Badham. was a great terrific yeah. yeah and uh, and he was a big influence <laughs> on my so called aesthetics but Avelson did the Karate Kid, you know, he did Rocky. Yeah, he loved Rocky. After Cry Uncle, he did Rocky and uh, and Trauma Team, the uh, non-union trauma people who worked on and the crew of Cry Uncle filmed all the Philadelphia footage wow. and produced the Philadelphia footage for uh, Chardoff Winkler, who who uh, didn't have funds to bring the crew with the unions to uh, the East. And Avelson and Stallone, being talented, uh, real talent and real artists, pushed, 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 and finally. The producers made a little budget, and we worked for virtually nothing. Yeah. Michael Hers and his beautiful wife Maris were syncing up the dailies in New York whilst we were f- filming in Philadelphia. Wow! And,
2: uh, At the and the trauma, oh my god,
1: shitty trauma editing room uh, uh, with movieolas, upright yep. movieolas. Yes, we have one in uh, yeah, they were using them, <laughs> yeah. and uh, wow. you know those are horrible. We, they had <laughs> earphones on, and Maris, Maris was like, well, "What the heck?" You're, oh, you. <laughs> you know, like, what the, what is this? But my mother in law, tell about yeah, my, my mother in law.
2: Before the summer before they actually did the film, Lloyd had the script because he was going to be working on it, and my mother read it. And loved it, and she said that this is going to be the next Marty. Wow! And she right and she, wow, that's it. That's she, perfect. She was right. What right. was she right? Yeah. Wow. She she did it right. And we not even filmed a, a moment of the film yet. No one believed she, in that yeah. movie
3: except for
1: Stallone and your and your and your mother. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Just about and Avelson. And so, yeah, but you, By the way, who directed the Marty? Was it Sturge, John oh, Sturges? Oh, God, I just watched Marty. show. Uh, John Sturges? No, no, it wasn't. It was a guy named Delbert, Delbert Mann. Yes. Delbert Mann. Yes. Yes. So, Ernest Borgnine
3: won the Oscar for yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. wow. Amazing. So you were the line producer on Rocky. Was it true? Well, I was the...
1: Uh, I, my credit was pre-production supervisor. Uh, but Adelson, uh Gave me a big shout out at the Oscars, which was pretty damn nice. And, and, and but did to you,
2: clarify, he actually did produce the film. Yeah,
3: like line producing. Yeah. Uh, was it true that you told Lone to run up the stairs?
1: Uh, well, um, I no. <laughs> <laughs> More bullshit from no. Leiterman. <laughs> no, but my home. I took home home movies in which my wife. Oh. Was, uh, you'll see my beautiful wife, who brought the turtles Cuff and Link, who were teeny weeny little turtles, to the set from New York to Philadelphia. he still st- has them. Yeah, I, I and, I yeah exactly. he talked
2: about it recently, right? Yeah, yeah. he's
3: got them. But in they're, the in the time, the, they're in Rocky, Baba. they're in the, the Rocky Creed. They're in Creed. Thank yes. you very the much. The turtles? The exactly. turtles, and and they're, they're huge. huge. Yeah. And yeah.
2: they were contraband because the, the <laughs> whatever agency does these things had just declared at that time that uh, little turtles could no longer be sold in uh, pet shops at all because of salmonella. And <laughs> so when somehow somebody located where I could get to... And I took them on the train from New York down to Philadelphia, terrified that, that some conductor or something was going to come along because the turtles were making scratchy noises inside this box that I had them in. And I was going to say, "Well, it's my dinner." This is my favorite. <laughs> <I think soon. laughs> this is
3: my favorite story ever on this podcast. That's the craziest <laughs> movie story yeah. I've ever heard. <laughs> I wrote them right? down
2: and presented History. Them to history. Sly yeah. and, it's uh, still
3: history.
1: It's yeah. still yeah. making yeah. I mean, its history. I true. mean,
2: when I heard. And saying, Oh, yeah, it's you know, I still have cuff and link. I'm
1: like, Oh, you should have a reunion oh, with that.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, you should have
3: it. Yeah, he feeds, them. he feeds them in the last creed creed, he feeds yeah, them in the, yeah. the
1: kitchen. He was, the la- he was their mother. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> in an alternate universe you were arrested for smuggling reptiles across yeah. state lines yeah. Yeah. and really? your whole life is different Rare yeah. like be.
2: where would I be now? yeah I uh, know yeah, but I but isn't that an I interesting factor
3: you should tell the story to Quentin Tarantino in his next film where he fakes history yeah he can create <laughs> yeah, the,
2: the, the, we can the history every one, you know, once upon a time on the train with the It's gonna <laughs> <laughs> be great
1: <laughs> and my home movies were cut. I sent them out to Avelson and you can see Pat. And uh, what did you do, like, sound? You were working with the sound guy, I think. You were helping the sound guy. I was guy. helping the sound yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Scott, it was terrific. Mike Scott did the sound on Joe and Cry Uncle. Never had to do ADR. His location work was legend. It was really great. Jo- I guess I Peter, bought equipment from. I bought my lights from. Did
3: him. Peter Boyle do Taxi Driver right after Joe? I don't know. I, I seem to remember. I was
1: there for Peter Boyle's. Uh, he did an improv at the uh, at the uh,
3: audition. Audition,
1: and Allison fell in <laughs> love with it. He loved Peter Boyle, <laughs> but he didn't. But the the what were you going to say I didn't mean to. Oh, oh! No, I love but, this story. But uh, but the bosses at Canon said Peter Cannon, Boyle was uh, too. Uh, this was before the boys from Tiberius, uh, the Golan and Golobos. Right. Uh, these were uh, these were you know young entrepreneurs. They, they didn't. They said Boyle was too young uh, to be a, a World War II veteran. So they had no. Lawrence Tierney. Yeah. They had Lawrence Tierney signed up to play Joe. Oh, you know Lawrence yes. Tierney, uh, and also uh, one of the great uh, film noir. Uh, I want to say. One of the gangster movies, uh, film noir by... Scarface? No, 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 not that. Oh, heat. it's It's more of a gun thing. It's, it's, it's a director, Joseph... Joseph... Sargent? Joseph? No. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> he's, in, he's in a masterpiece. It, it may be a... Oh, it's Buddecker. It's a Bud Bedeker movie. Oh. Uh, Legs Diamond. Right. Legs Diamond by right. Bud Bedeker. Boy, it's amazing. When you get seen at this <laughs> Thank you. It's like pinball. <laughs> a pinball. Yeah, yeah. A lot of ass in the 60s also, which doesn't help. So uh, what was I talking about? It I don't know. Joe, oh, I was Joe. so oh. interested. So, Joe audition?
2: The yeah, they guys, didn't
1: want him. Yeah. So I, I they had They wanted
2: Laurence Tierney. Yeah,
1: and he's a star, yeah. and uh, kind of a star. Uh, certainly for this film that the Cannon guys had directed to be kind of a soft core goofy thing, and uh, Avelson took it and hired Norman Wexler to rewrite it and um the theme was the construction workers against the hippies which was a big deal in the uh, early in 1970 there Ooh. was uh, f- punching you know there were there was abuse and on uh, both from both sides and uh, so i i was to take the costume woman with her to help buy the costume for uh, What's his name? Lawrence, his? Tierney. Lawrence Tierney. I'm riding up the escalator. Suddenly, there's you. With
2: one. Lawrence Tierney. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Suddenly, I feel this
1: like tapping on my blue jean uh, from below the knee. And he was taking a leak, and that, and oh, on the
2: escalator, on me, <laughs> <laughs> on you, yeah. while riding the escalator. Yeah, and
1: uh, they uh, then the boys fired him and let Joe and let oh. uh, Peter Boyle get the part. Oh, wow! So the for those of you who want to be actors, don't be afraid to improvise. <laughs> right? Joe Joe was nominated for an Academy Award, and it only cost one hundred and twenty-five dollars. Made by a thousand dollars. Made by an unknown, starring unknowns. Uh, no. And made in New York, 120. And not, would that happen today? No. Not a chance. Yeah. Not a Can chance. Can I just add to your yes. advice?
2: Don't be afraid to improvise, but do be afraid to. Publicly on an escalator. Yes. yes.
3: <laughs> Lloyd did it three times today on the way here. Yeah, but nobody, can, uh, only the commissioner can fire me. <laughs> so, Patty, the, how many, you worked for a New York City film commissioner? What kind of. New York
2: State, f- please. New York State,
3: State, please. I'm the sorry. The city's but, not big
2: enough. Well, we're
3: Canadian. We don't understand the difference between states <laughs> and cities.
2: Ottawa and Ottawa. It's
3: exactly. Ottawa's beautiful, though, right? Ottawa is a beautiful city. Well, you're here right yeah. now in the fall. Well, you can come back in two months. You won't be saying, oh, beautiful. Well, it's place. cold, sure. Why, we've been here in the cold. Yeah. Sorry,
1: back to the no, I
3: was going to ask you what kind of film you've worked with a lot of uh, big shots in the industry as a film commissioner. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely, like Martin Scorsese and Woody Allen. Absolutely, all of them. Yeah, so, uh,
2: yeah. Although I tended to spend most of my time with the producers because you know the, what a commission can do is is a bet, most of greatest interest to the the producers. Charles Joffe
3: is that Woody Allen's producer,
1: or Roland Joffe. Roland Joffe yeah. yeah. was yeah. for many years. I don't well, and oh, you know,
2: for a while, you know, his they sister. His sister was. Oh, also that's right. Sweetland very... Film. Yeah,
1: yeah. Pat kind of created history, though, at the uh, famous watering hole Elio's in New York. Where you introduce two major personalities, yes. i like this story. I'm not no,
2: it about was actually not Elio. Yes. Oh, it was Elio. You took me to Elio's. Yeah, me yeah. Oh, this yeah. is a great story. So, yeah. so uh, Terry Jones, who was a dear friend of Lloyd's and mine, was visiting in New York. He and would,
1: big influence on Troma's oh, over oh, yeah, as you can, you can see. Imagine, yes, yes. I mean, yes. obviously Visual the Python yeah. were pythons, really
2: yeah. important. Yeah. So Terry Jones was in New York, and we were taking him to dinner at Elio's. And as we're walking to Elio's, we were having this great conversation where I was asking him, you know, he's worked with so many amazing, talented people. And and I was getting him to sort of reminisce about who he really most enjoyed working with and all that. And I asked him, is there anyone you've never had a chance to work with that you, you really would love to get that opportunity? He said, yeah, the one guy that he would really, he'd never gotten to, but he would really love to was Woody Allen. So we go into Elio's and Elio himself, is a across-the-street neighbor of ours. He's passed away since this story, but he was an across-the-street neighbor and a friend of ours. And so whenever we go to Elio's, he always gives us one of the power tables. We had you at one of the power yeah, tables, yes, right? Nice. It was great. <laughs> so we were uh, the, the two best power tables, are right up front, right by the windows. And we walk into Elias, and we're, we're sitting there, and we're chatting, and then in comes Woody and Sunyi, and one of the stars that he's always did.
1: with. Well, I believe he
2: was with a small no, child, Stop wasn't it. he? Anyway, because in with his very young wife, and they, of course, are seated at the table next to us, and I was able to, so I leaned over and tapped Woody on the shoulder, because I know him, and I've worked with him and all that, and I said, you know... I would just love to introduce you to a dear friend of ours, Terry Jones. And they were sort of, as it happened, their chairs were back to back. Well, then they just turned around and faced each other and spent practically the rest of the dinner oh, they loved the each other they were so happy
3: with each other yeah. yeah. That, yeah. That, was, that was pretty yeah. cool yeah. very I, but I remember being young and falling in love with Woody Allen's early work and Monty Python at the same time and could see Woody Allen's in, you know he took a lot from Python too I, I thought as a kid I noticed some gags visual gags that yeah. were crossing the pond yeah. the Atlantic Ocean yeah. and that must have been a thrill for Woody Allen too oh
2: I think they were both delighted yeah. that wow. this chance meeting and I wow. was delighted
0: that I kind of. <laughs> it did happen. It was very cool. I was in Vancouver for a school years back when Jackie Chan was there filming Rumble in the Bronx. So, oh. how frustrating. Yeah is it, was it, when a movie called Rumble in the Bronx, and you can see the beautiful mountains of British Columbia in the background. Because <laughs> everybody
2: knows that we have these gorgeous mountains right outside the Bronx. It's, right. Yeah, you know, we do postcards. Yeah. That. Well, when we were first making the pitch to get our New York incentive, the one that I was one of the key people in writing it, I think one of my best, when I would go talk to the legislators, you know, and make my pitch to them for why they needed to support this idea and actually create the incentive and all of that one of my favorite lines was and then when whoever the producers were was filming a new york minute in toronto right they came to new york for a New York minute to (laughs) get, you know, the hero shots of the Empire State Building and Lincoln Center and the Statue of Liberty. But they shot the rest of the movie up in Toronto. So little, that helped us push it over the line finally because it was constant. Oh, yeah. It was absolutely constant until we got our incentive.
3: Chicago was shot in Toronto.
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it was very frustrating for us. Although we would always laugh about how... I mean this is such an old joke you know what I'm going to say or it's such an old comment about the difference between filming New York Toronto cheating for New York is that the curbs are too high and the streets are too clean uh, yep. and everyone's
3: way too damn polite yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yes. <laughs> all these people <laughs> saying excuse me and getting out of the way and so all annoying. that sort of stuff so
0: annoying <laughs> and last time you guys were here it was a few years back and it was right before Guardians of the Galaxy came out and I think the Statue of Limitations has passed on this now, but we were chatting, and I said to you, oh, did you visit the set? And you said, oh, I can't tell you anything about it. And then proceeded to tell me exactly what you were doing in <laughs> oh. <on> the set. <laughs> like, every word yeah. and everything. My
1: wife tells me that I'm uh, not good at keeping secrets.
3: Yeah. He has secrets but, now uh, for Suicide Squad too. Oh, he can't right, tell yeah. you anything yeah. about Yeah.
0: So what's that like when you've gone from knowing a filmmaker, mentoring a filmmaker, and then a few years later, they're running a show like that.
1: Well, Troma Entertainment's the oldest independent movie studio in history, The longest running. I don't know of any others that have gone 45 years. And out of our womb has come Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the guys, of South Park guys, James Gunn, Guardians of the Galaxy, Samuel L. Jackson, Oliver Stone, Fergie, the late Paul Walker. I mean, I can go on forever. We're good at spotting young talent. It's great when they uh, when they make it. Being a narcissist, I forced James Gunn <laughs> to kill me in uh, Suicide Squad. Also, <laughs> we're going down. The commissioner and I are going pretty soon to uh, down to Atlanta for a huge two-second... I tell you, I got more positive reinforcement in the world uh, from the world for two seconds in Guardians of the Galaxy than for my 50 years oh, of no. uh, of giving. <laughs> All this stuff to the world, including all these great movie stars. And you're showing Return to Return to Nukemai, yes. volume one, had its world premiere at the uh, Museum of Modern Art in New York. Wow. And uh, volume two premiered at the Museum of the Moving Image. But it's a very hard, it's hard to get theaters. And thank you to the Mayfair uh, going, the historic Mayfair since 1934. It, the last time I was here I couldn't learn that. I only knew that <laughs> it was 1932. But it's two years later and... It's uh, the same decade. It's 1934. <laughs> it's 32. I needed two more years. To... Is it 32? <laughs> That's fine. Oh, I thought it was 34.
3: It's 32 now. We changed it. Oh, you changed <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, that's good. So that's when James good. Gunn gets hired to do Star Wars, you can invite me to set and I'll, I'll iron your shirt. <laughs> I'll be do your my fluffer? best. I'll do you everything, do everything I can. But, uh, <laughs> I uh, James, does,
1: we, we haven't gone to any baseball games together for a while. <laughs> and he's on the other coast. You know, we live in New York. We've had some interesting... Although, Sean Gunn just got married, right? And, yeah. And... Uh, we couldn't go to the wedding because we were Kazakh. no, we were in, uh, weren't we on the big trip to, we were on I the, think
2: we were filming in Albania. Or oh, oh yeah maybe no, that, no, was, that, it. No, no, that
1: oh, was it. No, that can't it, be it. wasn't in Mongolia, we went no. trip to Mongolia. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was, we, we, we were invited to Mongolia. To Mongolia. Yeah. Right. Uh,
3: Mongolia makes a good backdrop for New York City. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It really laughs> does it. Yes, the steps. Yes,
1: absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you, I'm sorry I That's cut okay. you off.
0: We've had some interesting screenings lately. The modern distribution system, almost a year ago now, I guess, but we had Roma at the exact same time that it was on Netflix and actually did pretty well with it. And we had the Nick Cage movie Mandy, I think the exact same time it was streaming. And I always kind of look at it glass half full and go, there's enough people for our little (laughs) cinema who want to see it on the big screen. So you just said you've been around for 45 years with Troma, So you've seen this go from film to digital to black and white to color to <laughs> VHS <laughs> to streaming to everything. Yeah,
1: I've seen I've seen a lot of a lot of uh, technical change. What hasn't changed is that the industry is still a cartel, a an oligopoly of devil-worshipping international media <laughs> conglomerates. In your case, though, you have the wonderful Canadian uh, government who gives money to the people who made Troma's Father's Day, which is a masterpiece. Yes. Oh, right, yeah. And they went on now to do the uh, projection. I think they got a lot of money for the uh, next one, and uh, The Projectionist.
3: Oh, right, and yes. Then,
1: uh, and then another one of those guys did The Void, which is fabulous. The Void is yeah. unbelievable. You should all those movies. Yes. And his next film is going to be The Lloyd. It's <laughs> <laughs> Hemorrhoids. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Third, third. third thanks, Lee. That helps. Sorry, my reputation—it's <laughs> very strong.
0: Respect. <laughs> my kids love you. I love them. So we're going to wrap up soon. We could go on for hours, but no, thank you These so two much. fine folks have to go and do q and A Q&A and sell some merch. And yes,
1: well, the Toronto Star also has that interview. Yes, that's a coming a
0: so you're here for the weekend. What's your schedule <clears throat> the next? week or two now. More festivals, more... Well, the
1: New York Comic Con is coming up, right? Right. That's a big deal. Troma has a big, big presence there. And uh, we're showing, we have a special Comic Con screening, Cannibal Musical, at the Pit, the People's uh, Improvisational Theater at 11 o'clock on the... uh, Wow. Saturday of Comic Con anyway. showing it on Blu-ray or on <laughs> I think it's got to be uh, oh no you can't have Blu-ray with the with the it's on 16 millimeter oh it's not and it's A really? and B roll and they can't oh, find oh, Trey oh. and Matt can't find it oh, so we uh, can't make a Blu-ray I mean like, uh, might guess maybe somewhere there is a 16 film but oh wow anyway it, uh, so the uh, but Showman Entertainment has a big booth that I sign for free uh, no you don't have to pay for my signature yeah free my sign out. anything yeah. anything. <laughs> And I think it's unconscionable, quite frankly, for these rich guys yes. to be yeah, signing and taking schoolboys' uh, m- and uh, females' money, lunch money. But if they're giving it to a foundation uh, that uh, has a good service, I guess that's, And I, must, I hope that's what they do. Michael,
3: but, Michael J. Fox did that recently. Well, I'm sure he does, but you, know, you wonder about the others, Yeah,
1: you know. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's pretty disgusting. It's, I, the, in other words, there are actors like the ones who work for us. They need the money. Yeah. So yes, if they can get a few bucks out of the signatures, great. Yeah. But otherwise, forget it. That's, yeah. that's really bad stuff. He said My wife would love hearing you say that. <laughs> oh, <good, laughs> yeah, 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 she really would. Let's call her. Let's <laughs> prank <laughs> call her. I'm sure. you don't mean. like signatures. I won't pay for them.
3: What do you think? Why does my husband pay for <laughs> signatures? <laughs> <laughs> I'm married wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was telling you, Lloyd, that we have a lot in common. We married up we sure did the commissioner
1: amazing your
2: wife and I are lucky women
1: and, and one thing about the commissioner I was going this, to bring Josh into yeah, that I was afraid this is a snotty industry this is a disgusting snotty industry and 99% in the entertainment industry are scum but my wife treated every student filmmaker as just as nice as she would treat Oliver Stone with whom right. she helped to blow up the uh, something the tunnel or something you know, so, and that was unique and that isn't the way it usually works
2: uh, that is when she
1: retired though, even the unions were begging you to come back uh, and the unions are not big fans of Lloyd Kaufman I, oh, sure. no. <laughs> I can't see why not yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well we're training ground They do understand that now The younger ones at yeah, business school they, they understand that trauma Yes maybe the movie shooting isn't union But the trucks that deliver the prints Or the equipment or the posters or whatever right. Those are union The stuff that prints the, uh, the sound stages That we use are union The uh, mixing houses, sound mixing So the unions benefit And, and we train people We don't charge them $80,000 a year like NYU maybe but we, they learn maybe more for nothing. Do you think you there's
3: too, too many penis monsters over the years?
1: You can never have too many penis <laughs> monsters.
3: You have a bumper My mother told me that.
1: <laughs> I got Lee DeMars to laugh. That's a difficult. That's yeah, that doesn't happen every day, folks. So, anyway, thank you for having trouble. I don't the think Jamie. there's
0: a more highbrow <laughs> out point we could take. <laughs> no, okay. And fade. And fade. Thanks for joining us. Lloyd and Patty, it was great. Thanks for taking the moment to join us. Long live Troma. And for our regular listeners, I'll probably just tag on a thing at the end because I don't know when we're going to post this and I don't know what we're playing next week well, yet. Harry Knuckles for life. That's all yes. Right. <laughs> Harry Knuckles for life. Excellent. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, yeah. His name is Sergeant Harry Griswold. He's an undercover cop who takes his job seriously.
3: I need to commandeer this vehicle. A regrettable twist of fate has chosen you as
0: a recipient of amazing supermortal powers. He becomes Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD. Only a beautiful, tender woman, Lotus, can carefully teach Harry the subtle nuances of the Kabuki Way. She trains him in the proper use of Kabuki Man's amazing arsenal of high tech super weapons. He is a one-man army of awesome Oriental artifacts. He is America's first accidental Oriental crime-fighting hero. His name is Harry Griswold, but you can call him Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD.